Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is a man, DM, cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at our blog spot, hand on my Uwego. We invading airwaves. Everything airwaves. Hold up, why them haters mad? Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us, we so prosperous. Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Yes, y'all, welcome back once again. It is your man, DM Koo. You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca, and it is time for another edition of Cool Radio. Welcome once again, people. Um, and in case you didn't know, you better let somebody know. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! All the time. All the time. I tell people to tell a friend to tell a friend, and a lot of you guys do. So, first and foremost, kudos to you because you guys are the best. Uh, but more importantly, and I say that with so much uh, smugness, um, tomorrow, a.k.a. three and a half hours from now, it will be my 28th birthday. What? What? Absolutely, and I couldn't be more excited for that because not only that, but it also just has to fall in line with Labor Day weekend. And the coolest thing about that is I will have no stress on my head at all whatsoever, or at least I I do not plan to. None whatsoever, none. That's the plan, at least, though. Hopefully, it will come to fruition. Anyways, um, I have a lot of stuff to get to on today's episode. So much. I mean, holy cow. Okay, we got to talk about this Colin Kaepernick thing going on right now. Uh, we got to talk about this Chris Brown situation, which I'll get to later on in the show. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, and then also, we have so many other stories to get to, including J. Cole, Drake, uh, also more Chris Brown, actually. But before we get to all of that, it's time for me to uh, get some stuff up in my chest, if you know what I mean. Uh, so in other words, it is time to let that is breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Indeed, indeed. Um, so... There wasn't really anything that I had a major thought on um, as I was preparing for today's show as far as the Let That Ish Breathe segment. So I just want to go off the cuff, you know. Let me just wing it one time, won't I? Uh, with that being said, I got to talk about the Toronto Raptors for a second uh, because big, big news came in today. Uh, General Manager Masai Ujiri has now re-signed with the team or extended his contract basically for another four years so in other words the messiah has come back to lead his flock that is something that we can all agree upon that it is beneficial for the future of this franchise not only that but before he was uh doing double duty he was not only the gm and the president but he is now solely the president of the toronto raptors so in other words, the NBA has yet another black owner within its, within its grasp, basically. And it's not common to see that, not only in the NBA, but just in pro sports in general. Now, not to say that black owners are better owners than white owners or anything of the sort, but it's good to see that we have you know individuals in the black community who are, who are major sports owners because it's something that doesn't really happen often. You would think that with the amount of athletes or black athletes are in certain sports such as the NBA, NFL, MLB, you don't, you don't see that often and you feel like you would because you would think that at least the guys who retire and you know kind of forge their careers elsewhere after their playing days, you would think that they would kind of venture into that territory as far as the sports realm goes. Now, there are plenty of athletes who, uh, who are retired who go into other realms of entrepreneurship, like Magic Johnson owned his own line of theaters in L.A. for quite some time. Um, you, you would think that they would kind of venture into, you know, being a part owner of their, of their franchise or being the main owner, if possible. Doesn't that always happen all the time, but it does happen every so often. And what I like about Masai, in his case, is the fact that 
he basically started off as like an intern for for the NBA, and then he moved on to other roles within the NBA as well. He became the general manager of the Denver Nuggets, uh, I think, sometime in the early two. Early 2010, so I think 2010, 2011. He was the one who was actually responsible for that Carmelo Anthony trade. Um, so, you know, this guy has a high pedigree. Like, he actually made the Denver Nuggets slightly better uh, based on, you know, addition by subtraction. He did the same thing in Toronto when he traded away Rudy Gay, and that basically gelled the entire team together. Everyone thought that we were just going to crash for the lottery as soon as that happened, but it actually galvanized the team and made them into what they are right now. So... I like the move from the Raptors. It was a very smart move. I mean, I don't think they could have gone with anyone else. Like, Masai is responsible for the success that the Raptors have gained over the last three years now. And who's to say what's going to happen next season? Now we're looked at as one of the elite teams by standings, basically. So we have to maintain that consistency going forward. I don't think we're going to knock off the Cleveland Cavaliers, but at the same time, I don't think anyone in the East, for that matter, is going to knock off the Cleveland Cavaliers. But nonetheless, it's good to know that Masai is going to be here for at least another four years to make sure that we can actually put a dent in their armor at the very least. But overall, this guy right here is happy about it, and not only because we have a strong GM, but just because I like Masai as a person. I've never met the guy before, but you can tell he's genuine about what he does in the NBA. I mean, this whole Giants of Africa campaign that he's been running for the longest time now, it's amazing. He brings so many people together, and he brings them all in Toronto, and he gives those people a taste of what Toronto is all about. So indulging in our culture and what have you. So I, I just I just love it. I, I'm a big fan. However, I will never forget the time when Jonathan Bernier, former uh, goaltender for the Leafs, I don't know if he's still a goaltender for the Leafs, but he shouldn't be after what he did three years ago when he tried to say how he looked up to uh, looked up to Nelson Mandela and how he used to watch him play hockey all the time. I'm just like, dude, you're not even talking about the right person. If you don't know who Mandela is, it's okay. I, we would have at least respected the honesty. You know what I mean? But that had nothing to do with Masai anyway. I'm just putting it out there because it just popped in my mind. I think I made him the wankster of the year for, for, for that uh, transgression. But nonetheless, shout out to Masai for staying with the Toronto Raptors for another four years, being their president. Uh, and shout out to my fellow Nigel brother. Hey, we are in here. Hey, hey Charlie. Anyways, what do you guys think about the move? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Coming up after the commercial break, I'm not going to waste any time with you, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to get into this Colin Kaepernick controversy, all right? But before we do, we got to play a song from one of our fellow Canadian artists who will also be performing at tomorrow's C. Or, sorry, not tomorrow's. He will be performing at Sunday's T-Dot Fest, but he will be making an appearance tomorrow at the Canadian Urban Music Conference. I'm talking about my man Goliath Pa. You know, whoa, the dude that you hear on that intro for Cool Radio. Uh, but nonetheless, here is his summer hit. Island Girl, only on Cool Radio. You already know. Yeah. This is Captain Cardi Gras, a.k.a. Cardinal Official. And right about now, you are tuned in to MaximumFM.ca all day, every day. Okay. Yes, yes, y'all. You heard it from the ambassador of Canadian hip-hop himself. Shout out to Mr. Cardi Gras himself. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the airwaves of MaximumFM.ca. You are now tuned into the coolest Friday night show you have ever listened to in your entire life. I promise you that. I'm talking about Cool Radio with your host, DM Cool. Once again, that was Goliath Paul with Island Song. He will be at the Canadian Urban Music Conference tomorrow morning. Uh, so make sure you go get your tickets early in the morning if you want to hear some of the latest and greatest as far, uh, sorry, as far as industry tips go for both artists, consumers, and what have you. And then we have the T-Dot Fest happening September 4th, the Sunday. Oh, and by the way, tomorrow is my birthday. Did I mention that already? Did I? I'm not sure if I did. I may have caught amnesia. Uh, but to answer the question... Yes, I did. Okay, so... Ladies and gentlemen, I will not starve you that much longer of the topic that you want me to discuss tonight. We got to get into this discussion about Colin Kaepernick. I don't know why I'm clapping my hands like some hood man, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but no, for real though, let's get into this, uh, this conversation right now because this has been a hot button issue for the past week now. <clears throat> and everyone is losing their minds over it. Whether you're for him, whether you're against him, he is taking over mainstream media right now, whether it be through sports or through news and politics or whatever the case may be, entertainment, whatever. 
But in case you haven't been tuned into what's been happening this, this past week with Colin Kaepernick, if you don't even know who he is, let yours truly put you on game. So Colin Kaepernick plays the quarterback quarterback position for uh, the San Francisco 49ers, which is a football team in the NFL, all right? So about two or three years ago, he was arguably the biggest quarterback in the NFL and even went as far as to play in the uh, Super Bowl. Uh, but for the last couple of years since then, he's been on the decline, basically. And at this point in his career right now, he's almost fighting for a position on a team alongside another quarterback that they're contemplating starting over him. So uh, this week or this past week, it was the the uh, exhibition week for, for the NFL. So the regular season hasn't started yet. So this is preseason week, basically. And since then, Colin Kaepernick has made it his duty to not stand up during the national anthem of the United States of America. So I will paraphrase what he said. But basically, when uh, he was asked by reporters and media members alike why he refused to stand up for the national anthem, he basically stated that he feels that he's not ready to support a country that still has so much more work to do as it regards to its relations to uh, police officials and minorities. And then he went on to explain that there are certain police officers who have been, uh, who have been granted paid leave for killing unarmed black individuals, basically, and how that doesn't represent America. And he would feel that it would, it would be without good conscience to stand up for a flag that still endorses uh, bigotry and racism and just police brutality towards its minority members. So this is what he said. And that was his former protest. So when he said that, there are so many people who went bat-ish crazy and decided to have this all-out boycott on Colin Kaepernick because they thought what he did was unpatriotic. Um, there are people who are saying how he's a disgrace to America. There are people who are even saying that this guy should be banned from the NFL. And there's even uh, a reporter from uh, Bleacher Report. I can't remember the exact name of the reporter. But he basically uh, interviewed seven NFL GMs. And they all basically had the consensus that if Kaepernick went up to them for a job or for a position in the, in, on their respective teams, they would vehemently deny him. Some of them saying how he's, he's unpatriotic. Some of them even using the most explicit language to further emphasize their point of not even bringing him along on their team. And one of them said, and one, this is probably the nicest one that I've heard, but one of them said that after this, you know, quote-unquote debacle, he probably won't have a job in the NFL. And that was the nicest comment that was said, mind you. So, a lot of people are now saying, you know, well, did he do this just because he's on his way out, possibly? You know, did he feel like he had nothing to lose by saying that and now that his stock has kind of plummeted uh, for the last two years? And there are also a lot of people who are speculating as to whether or not had his status in the league been higher like it was two or three years ago, would he still make these you know, emphatic comments? That remains to be seen. But we have seen through the course of history that some – Athletes or entertainers or some high-profile public figures overall don't want to risk getting their money tainted, so to speak, if they speak out on a social issue. This is one of the many reasons why influential figures such as Michael Jordan have never spoken out uh, during uh, times of uh, public or civil unrest. This is one of the reasons why O.J. Simpson, during his peak of a public figure, uh, in a positive manner at least, uh, has not spoken out uh, through social issues. Floyd Mayweather has not spoken out during social issues. In fact, he has gone as far to say, uh, why should I give money to Africa? What has Africa done for me? Believe it, he did say that. <laughs> um, and then even someone like Drake, for example, he hasn't been one for social issues as well because like him or many people alike, they're afraid that these these comments that they make will offend certain people. And at the end of the day, you can't please everyone. I mean, the latest person to uh, come to question about this is Cam Newton, uh, quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. He recently said this week in an interview uh, stating how, you know, he can't, 
he's it's not his place to say whether Kaepernick is right about this. It's not his place to say that he's wrong about this. Everyone has an opinion, yada yada yada. And he was basically given the most politically correct answer that you could give. Why? Because he has he has endorsements up the ante, and he doesn't want to risk you know losing those endorsements because of the comments that he'll make that may be misconstrued by certain people. So. It is what it is. I mean, we can speculate as to whether or not Kaepernick would say something like that of that magnitude if he was in a higher position in the NFL. But we can leave that up for interpretation. Now, the the most common uh, criticism that's been hurled at Kaepernick's way is this whole notion of of disrespect towards the veterans, basically. A lot of people scream out saying, Oh well, the veterans. It's the veterans who who fought for for your rights to to live in this country, or or they. It was it was the veterans. It was this country that made you a football player, and you're just disrespecting the country. Blah, America, America, blah. Okay, let's get one thing straight, all right? Let, let, let's get one thing straight. First of all, before I even get to the veterans thing, let me get to this whole thing where uh, it was because of America that made you a football player. No. It was not because of America that made him a football player. It was because of his talent, his God-given ability, his work ethic, and his ability to work up the ranks through high school, college, and into the pros that gave him this abil- that that has given him his career in the NFL. Let's all keep in mind this guy. He did not have the most comfortable of upbringings. This guy. First of all, he's of mixed race, all right? He's half black, he's half white. And anyone who is of mixed race, they have it tough growing up because one side doesn't accept them and neither does the other side. So that's one thing. Secondly, on top of all that, he was adopted. So I'm not sure if he knew who his real parents were, but he grew up with Caucasian parents. And because he grew up with Caucasian parents, it was he. It was very difficult for him to really inherit the black experience, basically. He knew what the white experience was because that's almost every day in America, basically. But to inherit the black experience, he never really got that. Not from his parents, at least, because they're not black. And it's okay. Like, it's not up to them to teach them to teach him the black experience. But I'm sure there are certain aspects of black culture that you know he would have found more beneficial to learn from the black side of his family. Because obviously, who can teach it better than the black side of the family, of course, right? So that's another thing. Now, it's funny that people say, oh, it was because of America that you're able to do the things you do. Sure, America provides those opportunities. I will say that. But if, if it was up to America that he was in the NFL and that it was America because he was able to play in the NFL and all these things, don't you think that the entire nation of America, and we're talking about 300 million people, don't you think that Everyone would be in the NFL if it were up to America. But hey, that's none of my business. Tea time, people. Tea time. But nonetheless, I digress. Now let's get into this veteran thing because this is the part that I love. So everyone's saying, oh, you know, there are veterans who don't have their legs and they stand up for for the for the national anthem, blah, 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 goo, goo, America, boom, 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 boom. Let's get one thing straight, all right? People who you who are trying to use a veteran excuse, tell me something. Indulge me. What do you do for the veterans? Do you donate a charitable cause? Do you go to the soup kitchens and see them volunteering and ask them if they can help? Or are you one of those people that helps out the veterans once a year? You know, you donate like 10 bucks or whatever, and then you pat yourself on the, on the back condescendingly with your pretentious smug demeanor and say, hey, I made a difference. Therefore, I get to point my dirty fingers. If you're one of them, if you're one of those people, then do us all a favor and piss off. Honestly. You have no right to judge or to throw stones at glass houses at Colin Kaepernick for protesting, okay? And I'm going to get to that point later on. But what I want to say about this whole veteran situation is the fact that there was a hashtag created this week entitled Veterans for Kaepernick. And there are a ton of veterans who agree with Kaepernick's stance or some that don't agree, but they agree with his rights to do so. So all this talk about, oh, oh, he's disrespecting our veterans, our armed forces, or whatever. Please, cut this crap. Cut it. 
you need to cut it. Like, for real, honestly. Your criticisms are needed. You need to cut it. For real. You need to cut it. Because at the end of the day, he does have veterans who support his decision to not sit for the national anthem. You know why? Because it says in the First Amendment of the, of the United States of America that you, as an American, have the right to freedom of speech. Okay? You have the right to a freedom of speech. And him sitting down and stating what he's saying uh, as to why he's sitting down is an exact use of freedom of speech. So let me get this straight. You guys want to get mad at Kaepernick for exercising his rights as an American that he's entitled to for freedom of speech. Yet, we're still having this debate about the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms, when there are people getting shot left, right, front, and center in, in college campuses, in elementary schools, in movie theaters. We can't even have a, a civil discussion, or a simple one at that, about gun control and how it needs to be heightened, yet we're mad at the fact that Colin Kaepernick is exercising his First right Amendment to freedom of speech. But hey, once again, ladies and gentlemen, that's none of my business. Sip some damn tea. Shouts to all my Earl, Gay, Earl Grey and Chai Tea lovers out there. Um, nonetheless, I find that so hypocritical. And you know what I also find hypocritical and laughable at that? There are so many people who are getting at Kaepernick for this, once again. You know, First Amendment right, freedom of speech, him choosing to exercise it. Yet, there are people out there who support Donald Trump for his use of his First Right Amendments. And he uses it in the most abusive and destructive way possible. This guy takes shots at every minority group. Blacks, Jews, Mexicans, you name it. He takes shots at, 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 at females all the time. He's a womanizer. He has, what, five kids with three women or something like that? And then this guy wants to go off and say, you know, uh, to hell those dirty Mexicans, those illegal immigrants. That's basically just, you know, a sly, you know, systemic way of calling uh, a, Mexican per a Mexican person uh, a racial epitaph, basically. And this guy is looked at, not even looked at, but this guy could potentially be the next president of the United States of America. But once again, Americans are out here mad at Colin Kaepernick for protesting against the killings of unarmed black people. But, but half of the, the gender population of America is applauding Donald Trump for his abusive and volatile rhetoric towards people who aren't white or males. But we're getting mad at Kaepernick. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm kind of thirsty out here because that's none of my business. Oh, so much Earl Grey to go around, I tell you, boy. So, another thing, before I close off this segment right here, another thing that I find very hilarious as well is the fact that there are so many people out there who don't understand sports, sports culture. They don't understand the business of sports, basically. And they want to go out and say that athletes should be better role models and they should use their platform to speak on social issues or quote-unquote issues that matter. Yet you, here you have one, a well-known figure in the NFL community and the sports community who is speaking out on a huge issue that has been prevalent in this nation since forever, but it's been a hot topic for the last five years or so. But you want to get mad at him because of the method that he chose. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want your message to be heard, then you have to do it in a tactful and a calculated manner. And this was calculated. You know why it was calculated? Because in the NFL, it is not mandatory or compulsory of you to stand up for the national anthem. On top of that, it's still within your First Amendment right as an American to exercise your freedom of speech. And that's exactly what he did. And not only did he do that, he explained why he did it in the most articulated and eloquent manner possible. He didn't come off as ignorant. He didn't make this. He didn't. He didn't uh, blame all white people for the killing of black people. He didn't finger point. 
he basically held those who deserve to be accountable, accountable. And he said, until we notice some certain improvement in what's happening right now in America, then I refuse to stand for a flag that represents so much hatred, racism, and bigotry. And a lot of people don't realize, and I didn't realize this until this week, actually, that there are so much, there's so much uh, uh, racial uh, connotation within certain lyrics of the Star Spangled Banner. So you mean to tell me that we that there have been Americans who have been saluting that flag for 200 years now since the creation of that anthem, and within those lyrics was the celebration of the non-liberation of black slaves? Oh boy, America! I tell you, America. So this is why I'm going to take from this. Do I think Colin Kaepernick is wrong for this? Absolutely not. He is within his right to talk about this in the manner that he is talking about it right now. Um, should he be reprimanded from the NFL because of this? Hell to the no. And I think even I think it was either the 49ers or the NFL in general released a statement saying that Kaepernick has the right to freedom of speech and he has the right to exercise it whatever way he pleases. So if that was the NFL, then good on you, Roger Goodell, for actually doing something right in the league. And while we're at it, let's just talk about some of the foolishness and the nonsensical actions that have taken place by certain members of the NFL over the past few years. Ben Roethlisberger was was uh, charged for possible child molestation at one point in time, if I'm correct on that. We have Ray Lewis, who was involved in a possible murder scandal. And then we have Ray Rice, who clocked out his girlfriend in an elevator and did not get punished for it until the videotape leaked out several months later. And then when the pressure built up upon him because of that, then, ha- then uh, Goodell threw a hammer on him. But then people want to criticize Colin Kaepernick, someone who doesn't have any charges on him against him whatsoever, someone who hasn't been known to be some sort of womanizing hedonist, someone who has pretty much kept his hands clean. They want to criticize him because he's protesting the killings of black people in America by police officers. And yet he's a scumbag to America. And ladies and gentlemen, this is glad this is why I'm glad that I am Canadian. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. And I wish I brought my tripod. I'm just killing myself over it because if I did, I would have been recording this for my YouTube fam to uh, digest it. But nonetheless, y'all can catch this link on SoundCloud if you uh, are not able to listen to this live or if you only can able to listen to certain parts live. Nonetheless, I will have it on SoundCloud um, during the weekend, during my birthday weekend. By the way, it's my birthday in a few hours. Did you know that? I bet you didn't know that. Well, I bet you do know that now. Uh, coming up after the commercial break, man, we got Trip Talk. Three topics of three minutes. Um, before we get to that, we got to play some music as usual. This one comes by way of my Canadian brother, my former guest on Cool Radio, uh, Saga City native, uh, row representative. He goes by the name of John River, and this is his record called The League. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Indeed, indeed. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca to all my cool cats and cool kittens. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Once again, that was my man, John River, with The League. And... Very appropriate since we were talking about sports-related uh, content. So, once again, shouts to uh, John Rowe, one of Saga City's finest, one of Canada's finest at that. Now, it's time for Trip Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Three topics and three minutes. So, with that being said, here we go. So, first topic on the list, man. We got to talk about my man, J. Cole. So, J. Cole uh, just got... Two new platinum plaques uh, for uh, two of his singles that were released uh, over the last few years, basically. So, first of all, good on him for getting those platinum plaques. Uh, But secondly, this uh, brings up a question. Is J. Cole, or is it fair to still say that J. Cole is underrated? I'm going to say one thing and one thing only. Nope, not at all. 
I do not think that J. Cole is underrated. And I'm going to say why I think he's not underrated. And I'm sure there's going to be some people out there who disagree, which is totally fine because I love debate. This is what I do. Um, you better get this work. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, real talk, though. I don't think he's underrated because of the fact that he has so much success in his career thus far. All of his albums have gone platinum. We're talking about Cold World, The Sideline Story. We're talking about... Uh, Born Sinner, and we're also talking about his latest effort, 2014 Forest Hills Drive. In fact, let me talk about 2014 Forest Hills Drive. This man released that album with only a month of solid promotion, okay? The album was announced November 2014, and it was released December 2014. He only had a month of promotion, and this man topped the charts the first week. And the album eventually went platinum. And in fact, he made a record with that, al- with that, with that album as well. I think his album was the first album in I don't know how many years. It, it may have been the first album overall. No, 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 it wasn't. Sorry. It was the first album in a number of years to have gone platinum without any features. Without, let me give him a cool drop for that. Do you know how hard that is? First of all, it's hard enough to go platinum as it is. But to do it with no features, like no featuring Alicia Keys, no featuring Jay-Z, none of that. His album went platinum with no features. And I think out of all three albums that he's had over the years, that was the one album he had that went platinum quicker than any of his other albums. Yet there's no features and there's very little promotion to it. Give this man a cool drop one more time. So, when I hear people say he's underrated, he doesn't get enough shine, Jay-Z's not pushing him, listen, fanboys and fangirls, please be quiet. Because at the end of the day, he doesn't need Jay-Z to co-sign him any longer, all right? J. Cole is his own man. This guy can he sold out Madison Square Garden twice. Twice! Do you know who you have to be to sell out Madison Square Garden? You have to be Frank Sinatra. You have to be Jay-Z. You have to be Beyonce. You have to be the Beatles. You have to be the entire WWE. You have to be somebody important, some people that people will give a damn about to sell out Madison Square Garden. And he did it. So what are we talking about when we're saying this guy's underrated? I will say this. J. Cole does not present the image of a superstar. He is not a Drake. He, you don't see him hobnobbing with all like the A-list superstars and what have you. You don't see him um, uh, putting his money into bigger name investments like Drake does or anything like that. You don't see that from him. You don't really see a whole lot of TV appearances from J. Cole. J. Cole has the average man's swagger to him. He is the everyday people type of person. That is why we don't we don't we, that is why some people would say that he's underrated because of the fact that he seems such like a common man. But at the end of the day, this man's doing better numbers than most rappers out in this industry. Now, if we're going to talk about someone who's underrated, we got to talk about my man Big Crit. That dude is underrated. We're talking about someone who embodies the South both lyrically uh, Content-wise, as a rapper, you, like down to his southern accent, straight out of Meridian, Mississippi, this guy has it all. And you would think that because the South is dominating right now in terms of the sound, you would think that Big Crit would be the the proverbial standard bearer of southern artists. Like this guy should be on top right now. Not Future, not Two Chains, not Lil Yachty or any these little you know little unicorn. Retarded little f boys out here, big crit, young Krizzle, he should be at the top, but no, he's not. Instead, this guy got dropped by Def Jam a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we got guys like Young Thug out here rocking a dress, ma- making asses out of themselves. But once again, that ain't none of my goddamn business. Yo, this sips tea drop is on fleek tonight. It is in rare form, um, but nonetheless, I digress. 
That is just an example of someone who is underrated. Logic is another example of someone who is underrated as well. Childish Gambino, in my opinion, is underrated by the rap community in particular because of the fact that they see him as just like an entertainer in general, basically. But this guy can go toe-to-toe with the best of them. You name it. I think his um, his his uh, royalty mixtape proved that. Also, because the internet, best, album, best rap album of 2013. He did what... Kanye West tried to do it, Jesus, which was experimental, and he failed at it. Gambino excelled at it. There's a difference. But anyways, I digress on that. Uh, going back to J. Cole, however, do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Second topic on the list. Uh, the artist known as quote-unquote I Love McConan. I just say McConan because I don't love that guy because he only has one song that I know of. And his style is very weird to say the least. Nonetheless, he put out a message over Twitter uh, in regards to Drake. Now, if you guys remember, when this guy got dropped from uh, from OVO, he, he seemed to have left on amicable terms and said, you know, I wish nothing but the best for the OVO camp or whatever. But then... Shortly thereafter, there was a picture that came out, and Drake was in the picture. I can't remember what he was doing or who was in the picture with him. But basically, McConan was clowning on Drake in that picture, basically. So now I'm saying to myself, and a lot of people are saying to themselves, well, I thought you left on good terms with OVO. What happened? Why are you clowning the man now? You look bitter. So over on Twitter this past week, he, he sent a message over on Twitter to Drake in regards of how things used to be and, and why he's not sure that, they're not, that the whole team is not responding to him anymore. Well, maybe it's probably because you clowned them. But anyways, I can't remember exactly what the message said. But basically, he said he, he wants things to get back to the way they were, how, they, how he wishes how they could still stay in contact. Uh, how it's kind of messed up that you know he's not able to get out or to contact him or the camp specifically. Uh, I guess because they blocked his number, whatever the case may be. So that's why he's he's using Twitter as his resource. But he just wants things to go back to what they were. So in other words, <clears throat> nothing was the same. Ooh. I'm sorry, I had to. I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. Corny. I know. Whatever. Anyways, um, so. Right now, I guess McConan, he's kind of looking like a fanboy right now, to be honest. And I would advise him to just do his own thing, basically. You know you know what you said over on social media in regards to Drake after he had left the camp. And it wasn't the most positive thing to say. So you kind of burned your own bridge by doing so. So at this point in time, learn the lesson that you that, that was taught to you and just keep it moving. It's not like you're not going to have another opportunity to blow up in the music industry. You never know. At the end of the day, as far as I know, he's an independent artist. The internet is, is an artist's biggest platform in this day and age. And if you use the internet right, then you don't need a label. Cough, cough, Chance the Rapper. So good luck to him, but stop chasing around Drake. You're looking kind of thirsty out here. And finally, final topic of Trip Talk, Chris Brown. Now... I'm not going to explain the entire story in detail yet because I'm saving that for the Wankster of the Week segment. It's not who you think it is. Actually, no, it is who you think it is. I'm going to let you guys speculate on that. Anyways, Chris Brown um, basically had a spot guaranteed for him on the hit series Power, which is executive produced by 50 Cent. Now, he had a series, uh, sorry, he had a role that was guaranteed to him in the third season of Power. Sorry, in the fourth season, I believe, in Power. But that role has now been terminated because of the events that took place this week that involved Chris Brown. And on top of that, a lot of the producers and showrunners of Power thought that Chris Brown would be a liability on set because of his erratic behavior and his anger issues and what have you. So... Based on that, I actually don't blame the showrunners and the producers of Power for coming to that conclusion because, let's be honest, Chris Brown's a knucklehead. I don't know what drugs he's taking or what drugs he needs to be, he needs to be taking, but something is wrong in his head. On top of that, the people that he has around him are, are a bunch of yes-men. They, they don't put him in check at all, and I hate that. 
But I'm going to get into more of that in, in the final segment. But basically, this is a consequence of the actions of Chris Brown. This isn't because he beat up Rihanna or anything like that, because this is six years ago. This is because of the events that that seem to precede um, the, the whole Rihanna incident. His erratic behavior, his flipping out on journalists for asking him certain questions, um, for him lashing out to certain people, for him having these tirades on social media. So many of these allegations and things that we've seen him do on camera are what have led to Chris Brown almost being ostracized by certain factions of the entertainment industry. So I can't say that I'm surprised that that the showrunners of Power decided to take action and to say, hey, Chris Brown, we don't want you to be a liability on our set. We're good with what we have. Um, thanks for being a fan, but we won't be needing your services. And I can't say that I feel bad for Chris Brown in that incident because sometimes some of the incidences that he's gotten himself into have been self-inflicted. That's just the way it goes. So can't really feel bad for him. But what do you guys think? Did did uh, did Power did, did the showrunners of Power do the right thing? Um, Fifty Cent has something to say about it as well. Basically, kind of leaning on Chris Brown's side, saying how. Um, it's kind of crazy for the things that they get him caught up in and all that stuff. But nonetheless, what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get old school with it. So with that being said, it's time for the Flashback Friday track of the day. Let's get it. Old school with it. Old school with it. Old school with it. Old school with it. Uh. So, because we are now in September, and September is Virgo season, this month's um, playlist for Flashback Friday will be dedicated to all my MCs out there who were born between late August and late September. So, with that being said, we go to our first Virgo of the month. Technically, we already played one, which was Nas, but we'll leave him at the end of the month because that, he's the god. But um, we're going to play a fellow Virgo nonetheless. And this one comes by way of the Dirty Dirty. We're talking about the ATL. This man put out his first album in 2000, in 2000 I believe, and it was entitled Word of Mouth. Was it Word of Mouth? Or no, was it Back for the Very First Time? Back for the very first time. There we go. That's what it was called. Word of Mouth was his second one, I believe. But Back for the Very First Time was his very first album. And he was, I believe, Scarface's very first signee to Def Jam South. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about DJ turned into rapper Ludacris. And this one right here is a club banger and a favorite for all. It is entitled Southern Hospitality. And when we get back, I will give you some Northern Hospitality by giving you the wanks of the week. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah! <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Um, as you all know, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time for the show that you all know and love. It is time to anoint the one <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week. Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. Oh boy, I love that job. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than... Drum roll, please. Da -da 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 -da. Bailey Curran. Okay. So you guys thought I was going to give Chris Breezy that wankster, but no. It was close. It was close. I really had to think about it. I, I had to consult, you know, my team, uh, my, my sources and what have you. I really had to dig down deep and figure out who should get this wankster. I was actually thinking about giving them both the wankster. But when I got some very important intel with a source to go along with it that basically confirmed everything I needed to know, I said Chris Brown, as far as getting the wanks of the week, has to get a pass. And instead, it has to go to Bailey. So let me go into detail as to what has happened, okay? So Bailey Curran is a woman who was allegedly, you know, former Miss America. She's a model. 
Uh, she also has some acting credentials or is an aspiring actress, something of that sort. Uh, but nonetheless, she's getting the wanks of the week because she was involved in an incident that happened in the home of Chris Brown in L.A., okay? So, in case you guys are not familiar with the situation, uh, it is time for another story from DM Cool. And here we go. So, basically... um. A friend of hers, I believe, was invited to the home along with her as well. I don't know if they were invited by if the if the other girl in question was invited by Chris Brown um, or one of Chris Brown's quote unquote associates, but nonetheless, that one person was invited and she was a tag along. Chris Brown didn't know who this person was beforehand. So, anyways, they go into the house. It was very late in the evening, from what from what I was reading as well. And there came to a point uh, during the encounter where Bailey basically wanted to, basically, uh, Bailey was looking at some jewelry that um, one of Chris Brown's friends pulled out and she wanted to touch it. And then he said, no, don't touch it. And then she still wanted to touch it. And then he said, no, don't touch it. And then basically was told to get out of the house. So he, she was told to get out of the house. And then. One of his associates pulled... The story is, Chris Brown was the one who pulled the gun on her, basically. But it could have been one of his associates. We don't know that for a fact. But basically pulled out a gun on her and said, leave the house right now. So, she got kicked out of the house. And basically, from what we were told, you know, as far as the sources go, we were told that TMZ was the first person that they called. And then they called the cops after now, in her testimony, she said, and I say testimony in not in the literal sense, of course, but nonetheless, her take on the story is the fact that she called the cops after the fact. And so basically, the cops come to this neighborhood, and it's a very affluent neighborhood, like, uh, for example, Lakers guard Nixon Young, a.k.a. Swaggy P, lives in that neighborhood as well. And basically, there are, apparently there's helicopters and tons of police vehicles and what have you and all this other stuff. So Chris Brown and his associates... Have had a bag, a duffel bag of guns and drugs, apparently, and they dumped it out of the window. I don't know why they did that. And apparently, uh, one of the officers wanted to come to the, into the home, but they said, no, you can't come in here because you need a warrant for that, which is accurate. But nonetheless, once they threw out the, the bag of guns or whatever, they were apprehended by, by police because they dumped out a bag of guns and drugs, which probably weren't registered. So I was ready to give Chris Brown the wankster alone for that. But then new details came out and details were stating that this was, in fact, a sting operation by Bailey Coran herself. And in the sting operation, there was a text message that was sent to somebody named Safari. Now, this Safari has no relation to Nicki Minaj. It's not the ex-boyfriend of hers or anything like that. This is just a random person named Safari. So this is what the text message read. And I quote, hey, Safari. Don't you know this freak Chris Brown is kicking me out of his house because I called his friend jewelry fake? Can you come get me? My Uber is messing up. If not, I'm going to set him up and call the cops and say that he tried to shoot me and that will teach him a lesson. I'm going to set his ass up. LOL, come get me. He responded, Safari responded, really, that's effed up. You ain't going to do that. You're wrong if you do. So the funny thing is this. When I read that, I said, oh, okay, so this is what you're trying to do. You're trying to get a name for yourself. But in an interview with Extra, she basically said, oh, I'm not trying to do this to get fame. I already have enough fame. I'm a pageant contestant. I'm an aspiring actress. I have a modeling contract, blah, 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 blah. Yet in that text message, you're, you are negating from what you said in that interview. So all this time, she was trying to set him up. Now, I'm not going to take any blame away from Chris Brown because at the end of the day, you are still surrounding yourself with F-boys who are trying to take you for all your money. And they don't tell you the right things because they don't care about your well-being. Because if they did, then they wouldn't invite anyone into your house that you don't know. Now, if, that was, if someone did that to me, that's a different story because I'm nobody in comparison to Chris Brown in terms of you know, fame and social status, what have you. I can take that bullet. Chris Brown, especially at this point in his career, cannot take that bullet or else he will die. Not literally, of course, but you know what I'm trying to say. So basically, I give Chris Brown an honorable, dishonorable 
mention in terms of wanks of the week, but not an official one. Because the official one goes to this clown and this jackass right here for claiming that she wasn't trying to get fame off of it. Yet this text message basically exposes you and says otherwise when really you are trying to get fame off of this. You're trying to make a name off of someone else's name who basically is at a fragile state. And you know because of your white privilege, well, probably you won't know because, you know, some white people don't know about white privilege, that you will get the benefit of the doubt at the end of the day because they'll probably see this as Chris Brown attacking yet another woman. And while we're on the, to- on the topic, let's say if Chris Brown did wave his gun at this person. Let's just play devil's advocate for a minute. If he did, and if that gun is registered, how would that be considered a crime if he is telling the person to get out, I'm talking about under American ta- context. I'm not condoning this. I'm talking about under American legislation and context because, again, this is America's Second Amendment right to the freedom to bear arms because America. But under that context, doesn't what, does Chris Brown get charged for that? I don't think he does. If the gun is registered and if he's telling the person to get out because if that person in his home is not welcomed in his house at that point in time and she is refusing to leave, does that not count as trespassing? Therefore, if he has his gun now, his registered gun now telling her to leave and she's not leaving, in the state of California, I don't know if it's similar to the state of Florida, but is that not some sort of stand your ground law? Does that not apply in that situation? Would that not count as self-defense if he has a quote-unquote intruder in his house who refuses to leave? I'm just saying. These are America's rules, not mine. Personally, I don't like guns. I wouldn't want to have one in my home. But nonetheless, with all this being said, Bailey Coran is getting the wankster of the week. Does she deserve this wankster? Of course she does. And I'm going to drop on her just like this. 50, give her some right now. And that's all for today, folks. That is all for today. Um, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Um, much appreciated, as you always do. Remember to follow me on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Um, also, follow the SoundCloud page, cool underscore radio. Uh, like us on Facebook, cool radio. Um, and then... Hit up the YouTube page and subscribe. Cool underscore radio. Let's get those sub numbers up. Uh, next week, we do have a guest. It has been lonely for the past three weeks in this booth, but nonetheless, I am back with a vengeance with a guest. And it will be uh, my friend, someone who I work closely with uh, at one point in time. And also, she is a writer for Urbanology Magazine. She goes by the name of Shade. You can follow her on Instagram at underscore play Shade. She will be my guest next week, and we will be talking about a bevy of topics. Uh, but for now, I must go. Uh, my birthday is in uh, two and a half hours and i cannot wait uh but with all that being said cool radio is a division of cool click media and entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies keep it gravy and wavy we are out of here peace